Hi, my name is Anya Osborne and this is Going Through the Motions. I'm a second year student and I'm studying art in IDT and what inspired this podcast was my love of art and also my fascination with the theme of movement. So growing up I was always in dance classes and this was a really big part of my life and I think this influenced my art more and more as I got older Um, and as my practice in art grew the two seemed to integrate into each other more and more and when searching for themes or inspiration I always have found myself going back to this idea of movement. The theme of movement is so broad and covers so much but today I just want to talk about a few elements of it. So I want to talk about the choreographer Martha Graham and her use of movement in dance and also contemporary artist Jenny Savile and her use of movement in art. So Martha Graham is one of the most important figures in the history of dance. She broke away from classical ballet and developed new movements and techniques that are vital to the way that dance is taught and used now. And Jenny Savile is a successful contemporary artist who deals with themes such as representation of the body and body image in her work. And the two are very different, but there's some interesting links between them. I'm going to start by talking about Martha Graham. Martha Graham's career as a dancer and choreographer began in the 1920s. She was an innovative and exciting dancer that really pushed the language of dance. She's famous for so many different techniques and works, but one of the techniques that she's most famous for is the contraction and release. She was a choreographer that believed that technique and training were needed for a dancer to be able to really convey a full range of expression. And she dealt with themes that were often spiritual and they were always highly expressive. And all of her vocabulary of movement stemmed from this idea of contraction and release, of tension and letting go. The contraction and release focuses on the energy that stems from the seed of the body, which is the pelvis. So the contraction is a whole body experience and Graham wanted her students to be able to be aware of their bodies and know exactly how they were moving them and be able to feel everything. In the contraction and release, there's a huge amount of emphasis on the pelvis, on the way that the pelvis is moved, how it's controlled. And in the contraction, there's this circular energy that's stemming from the seed right up to the head in like um, a continuous circular motion. And in Martha Graham's earlier years, her company was almost entirely female. And there was a huge amount of emphasis and focus on how the women controlled their vaginas and moved their vaginas in their dance. So this is a quote that's taken from the journal by Henrietta Bannerman, Martha Graham's House of Pelvic Truth the figuration of sexual identities and female empowerment. She is reputed to have told one young woman not to come back to the studio until she had found herself a man. So although the movements that Graham were using weren't sexual, I suppose that she felt that sex or even just sexual experiences were needed to really know your body and to be fully aware of it. This is another quote taken from the same journal. One aim of the contraction during floor work is to sensitize the body for emotional expression. The acts of laughing, sobbing, anger, fear, but not necessarily sex. The spastic uncontrollable movements of these states of total expression 
where what Graham wanted to consciously create through the contraction and release. Graham was shocked her as she put it bemused when she heard that her company was known as the House of Pelvic Truth. It's obvious why Graham would be unhappy with this name, like it doesn't really describe a highly respected centre of modern dance training. But Graham's frank teaching method did give rise to this title in some ways. Like I said earlier about her telling a young woman to go find a man, she'd also been reputed to tell her students, you're simply not moving your vagina. But when you see Graham's work, you're totally immersed in the emotion of it, not whether or not the dancers are moving the pe- their pelvises. So I have a short clip now of Martha Graham speaking about technique. And I think this is good for giving a better impression of her approach to teaching and to dance. It takes about 10 years to make a dancer. The body should be pliable to start with, and it should be eager, and it should realize what technique is, what St. Anne calls the regality of order, which is every time the hand comes up or the foot comes up, to a certain level, it should come up exactly that same way the next time, 50 times out of 50. In order to do that, it takes endless training, it takes sorrow, it takes joy, and it takes infinite weariness. But those are part of the craft and part of the joy of it. And when we uh, speak of dance, we forget that the essential of dance is not in words, but is in movement. Now that movement is embodied in each one of us. I think it's really interesting there how Graham says that for technique, of course, training is vital, but so is emotion and putting joy and sorrow into your technique and into your work is essential to then be able to convey those emotions in your pieces. So I think that's really interesting. I think that she is just a brief clip there, but it speaks a lot about how Graham works and you can really get a feel for how passionate she is about her work and how she approaches it. So that's a brief bit of information about Martha Graham and her idea of the contraction release. Obviously there's so much more about her, but um, I only have a limited time, so I'm going to move on and speak about Jenny Savile a bit. Jenny Savile is from Cambridge in the United Kingdom. She's famous for her huge oil paintings and also her charcoal drawings. And her style is a mix of classic figuration and modern abstraction. So she deals with themes relating to the body and body image and she creates these huge oil paintings with layers and layers of paint of nude figures. She really is interested in painting flesh and how this is depicted and how the flesh moves and it's always been um, a huge point of interest for her. Savile doesn't show the body in a way that as a viewer we're used to seeing a nude figure in art. She doesn't hide anything or change anything. She's showing the body exactly as it is and she's even highlighting the imperfections. She's showcasing the dimples and folds and textures that are all normal and everyone has them but we don't usually see them in art. She works from mediated images that are sometimes taken from medical journals and also um, she is taken usually of herself. The pictures are often taken at these low obscure angles that are typically unflattering or unusual. And this is really interesting again because she is emphasizing the part, the nude body, 
that is usually hidden. The angles she chooses, the huge sizes of her work, and also the challenging subjects all come together to make her work so fascinating. And one of my favorite things personally about her work is her use of color. In her portraits in particular, as well as in her um, figure paintings, she uses really large amounts of vibrant colors, but she's still maintaining this accurate depiction of the flesh. One of her main interests, of course, is in the flesh in the human body and how it moves and how it can be manipulated and how it's so different from person to person. And she's always said that it's the most beautiful thing to paint and she's always been interested in the imperfections on flesh since she was a child. In 1994, she was on a fellowship in Connecticut and she was able to observe a New York City plastic surgeon at work. Here she got to study the reconstruction of flesh and this was so vital to her own development of her practice and how she would decide to then depict this. She really focused on the resilience of the body as well as the fragility of it. So I have a clip now taken from an interview of Jenny Savile speaking about her experience getting to observe this plastic surgeon at work and just some of the things she took away from that experience. When I first went to New York and watched plastic surgery, it was so violent to watch a breast implant and a surgeon's fist inside a woman's body moving this flesh around that it was a shock. And I was interested in that bit between the before and after and the notion that you were somehow sick, that you had a fi fictional normality. If only I had these breasts, I would be normal. So it was a fictional norm you were creating. And I found all that very fascinating. And not that it was bad or good for culture or bad for women or not, but just a fascinating, just fascinating. The way Zavil speaks about that experience, it's like she really took on the role of the observer. And she just really took in as much information as she could during the experience that she could then gather and use herself in her own practice. And when she went back to making her own works, I think it's obvious how much that would impact her own practice after getting to see something like that up close and in person. In Propped, for example, Savile is representing the female body exactly as she sees it. Propped is a self-portrait and is one of the major paintings that really kick-started her career. The piece depicts Savile sitting on a stool naked. The angle is low, so it's like the audience is looking up to it. The painting is demanding and overwhelming. There's writing over the piece that feels like it's almost cut into the flesh of her body. The text is a paraphrased section of an essay by the feminist writer Lucia Rigoret. It says, if we continue to speak in this sameness, speak as men have spoken for centuries, we will fail each other again. Words will pass through our bodies above our heads, disappear, make us disappear. Here she is suggesting that, in a way, women perform a narcissistic function for men. Irigray's belief is that the representation of females should be a celebration of their differences, not a celebration of likeness. This is exactly what Savile conveys through her art. Savile was taking influences from how tabloids and newspapers represent female bodies through her depiction of the female form, she shows diversity in different bodies and tried to give more empowerment to how the female form should be represented instead of depicting the female body as an object of the male gaze or as an object of desire. 
She really shows women as they are or as how they see themselves. There's some really interesting links between Martha Graham and Jenny Savile. For starters, they both can be shocking. Graham's movements can be startling and awkward looking, but she's using lines in the body that we aren't used to seeing and spastic movements that are abrupt and also rigid, awkward moving movements that really wouldn't have been seen that much until this time. And Jenny Savile's work can also feel the same. The subjects can be challenging and they're not always comfortable to just take in and appreciate at first sight. Because when a viewer is faced with something that we aren't usually shown, of course it's going to be more difficult to just enjoy the art. I think both of these artists are challenging at first, but once the initial shock settles, I think that anyone can really appreciate both of their work. They are both controversial in their own ways and they both push boundaries and were really important to artists in their own fields for their time. Graham's career was so vast and so broad, but there was so much attention on the contraction and release and the sexual connotations with it. Graham was celebrating the body and all aspects of it. And I think the word sexualized has so many negative connotations with it, of course. Some of the movements may have echoed sexual ideas in ways, but that wasn't their purpose. Graham just wanted to convey the rawest form of expression that she could through movement. And through these controlled movements that she used, I think, in my opinion, that it was really successful. And when you are watching pieces by Graham, although they're kind of awkward and rigid and stuff, they are really, really expressive. And I think she accomplished this through her contraction and release and her spirals and everything over all of her different methods. But I think it was really successful. Jenny Savile, on the other hand, isn't accused of sexualizing the body in her work. Even though the bodies she portraying, she's portraying are naked, so I suppose it could be assumed that it's easier to accuse her of this, but she isn't showing them in sexually explicit ways. She's celebrated instead for how she portrays female bodies. In some ways, Savile treats her depiction of bodies like examinations of them, I think. Even through the word flesh that she uses so much when she's speaking about bodies, when she describes painting the flesh of a person, it kind of separates from the person from the body that she is a painting. Both of these artists took control of their bodies. Jenny Savile, when she was draw painting her own body and other bodies as well, she depicted them not in an idealized way, not like she looked at newspapers and tabloids and she challenged how they were representing these unattainable, airbrushed, unrealistic bodies. And she represented 